Welcome to episode six of the Sado podcast, sitcom archive deep dive overdrive, where we take a deep look into the good life, everyone's favourite sitcom from the 1970s. I'm Alison Barton-Simmons, your co-host. And I'm Eggs Benedict, your other co-host. And this week we are looking at the episode, The Pagan Right, um, which sees Tom and Barbara um, heading out on the town um, after Tom takes on some freelance work from his old company. Yeah, it's a good one, I think. Yeah, there's there's lots to look at. There's lots going on here, um, and it was, I think, I think sort of the 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 taking the story forward from the self sufficiency um, and the struggle. I quite liked this episode and how it sort of took the couple and and um, the decisions that they've made in terms of having like a one last blowout. Yeah, yeah, it was nice, wasn't it? And I think it's a lovey-dovey episode. You get to see how in love with each other and how sexually active both couples are. Absolutely, yeah. I was taken by surprise, actually, um, at Jerry and Margot towards the end, but we'll get to that later. Like I said last week, we could have a you know good life after hours like Hollyoaks. I think it needs one. There's it, lots going on. There is. Um, but before we get stuck into it, did you um, manage to find, uh, find and unearth anything about the... Um, 1970s swivel sticks or toothbrushes from last week, Al? I couldn't find anything about a swivel stick. The only swivel stick that I could sort of stumble across was um, something to do with uh, moisturising cream and a product called a swivel stick, which I don't think was what Tom was talking talking about in, in last week's episode. Um, although I did have a, a deep dive um, into the internet to try and find some link between um, electric toothbrushes and vibrators. Um, which I'm sh- they are in existence in 2020. Um, whether they were in 1975, I don't know. But I'm sure if the if the electric toothbrush was a thing, um, I, I'm sure women were putting two and two together. I'm not sure how hygienic that is. Are you? I don't think it's very hygienic at all. But hey ho, would it would it would it stop no. you? Well, I suppose needs must in the 70s. But in my house. We, in the past at least, we've shared an electric toothbrush. <laughs> and oh, I don't heck, much like the idea so... of... No. You could give it a swill you know, different in, some, heads. in some... You know, different heads. Different heads for different jobs. Yeah. No, I mean, Ali and I have different heads for, for you know, we don't use the same bristles. We're not we're not cavemen. You're not animals. Um, no. I'm sure there would, there would be some kind of, of um, health etiquette with, a, with an electric toothbrush. You, you could give it a swill in some Milton, Milton fluid. I'm Ooh. sure it, it would. It was. Oh no, I'm sure it would have been alright. But of course, though. they did have they did have these 1970s toothbrushes because I found some with um, with Bugs Bunny on. What did the Bugs Bunny one say? It said, um, "Hey, brush up, Doc." It was like <laughs> the kid themed electric toothbrushes from the 70s. The I bet they Snoopy... were all saying that. <laughs> Snoopy, hey, brush Mickey up, Mouse. Yes. Do you reckon there was a Top Cat one? If there was a Top Cat one, I wish I'd had one. Yeah, I think that the Snoopy one would have been would have been the one that I I wanted. I'm sure. This is a market opportunity. We found a gap. Yeah, we should definitely be doing themed electric toothbrushes as a spin off to this podcast for kids. So obviously, everyone's got an electric toothbrush these days, but they're not fun like the '70s ones. I would have loved no. a Benny the Ball one from Top Cat. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'd, I'd have I'd have collected them all, even though I only have one mouse. I would have I would have wanted the whole set of of especially the peanuts, Snoopy ones. I would I would have gone for that big time. What do you think? In a, if you were going to do it for today's market, though, you'd have to have like Justin Bieber on it or something, wouldn't it? A Justin Bieber one, yeah. Um, I suppose that'd work well as a as a double as a double entendre <laughs> if they were using it as a vibrator as well. <laughs> See, the, the, Justin there is Bieber. a gap in the market. A One Direction, yeah. <laughs> One Direction ones. I just realised that the direction in which we're taking this podcast now, we're talking about children's toothbrushes being used as vibrators. <laughs> That's just not oh, right. It's a, it's a niche market, I think that isn't it. It's um, yeah, but but one to be explored, perhaps. I think we're missing a trick. I think we should swiftly move on from this. Okay, <laughs> before so we dig, uh, dig any before we deeper. dig any deeper. Although, are we going? Do you think we should put some pictures of the ones that we found so far on the on the website for people to peruse? Yeah, we'll tweet them out and we'll stick them on Instagram. So yeah. have a look and tell us your favourite. Yeah, and if you've got any ideas yourself about where we can take our, our new industry of children's <laughs> toothbrushes and vibrators, please let us know. Let us know what you think. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Um, so this episode is um, the Pagan Rite um, and we see... Uh, sort of t- Tom and Barbara and Jerry and uh, Margot um, in a bit of a different light, I think, in this episode. It's not all sort of um, getting on with the job and interfering neighbours. You see them more in sort of like a human light, I think. Yeah, I reckon they definitely had an idea with this one to explore mm. the individual marriages of the couples more in th- yeah. this episode. Because you're getting towards the end of the first series now. This is the penultimate one, so mm. I think they're like trying to establish what kind of what kind of relationships they have with each other a bit more in this one. Yeah, I think Margot, especially in this episode, is is much more likable as a character and as a neighbour and a friend. I think there's you see a different element to the lovely Margot. Are we getting a, a preview of your MVP here? Possibly, possibly. I'm going to hold. I want to just put a pin in that for a moment. And okay, start right. at the, let's start let's start at the beginning. So we've got we we open up in the first scene and we've got Tom and Barbara in their kitchen, their lovely kitchen, and Barbara is fixing a pair of shoes with Tom's wetsuits, which I found quite an odd sort of combination of, of products into 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 one, using a cutting up a wetsuit to fix the shoes. Um and Tom um is a bit miffed when he realizes where that the stuff's come from to fix the shoes. Um but Barbara says, "Well, you you were frightened of water skiing, so um, what's don't don't worry about it." But he makes a really big deal of it, and I, I thought about you when I was watching it, Ben, because um, he made a big deal and he blamed somebody else for the fact that he was frightened of water skiing. So rather than saying, "Oh yeah, I wasn't a big fan," it was a bit scary. He said, "Yeah, it's always somebody else's fault." Yeah, yeah, he's just typical pride and bluster yeah. from him. Mm. Um, and he's is he cobbling at the same time? He's cobbling, I think, is he? While she's doing... Oh, he's cobbling. Is that mending shoes? Is she fixing... Who's fixing the shoes? Was Barbara fixing the shoes? Oh, well... Do you know, I'm not sure now. But I know that the, one of them mentions cobbling, and it did occur to me that it's 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 in that category of sort of lost mm. art things, like a bit like darning, because we don't do yeah. it anymore. You know, we're a no. more consumerist society and wasteful. We don't repair things. We just nip down the Asda and get a new, new five-pack of socks. Rather than yeah. darn him. Um, but then Jerry turns up um, and t- 
Tom starts to tell him about the, the cutting up the wetsuit to fix the shoes. Um, that is what they were doing, weren't they? They were fixing the shoes with the wetsuit. Or yeah, they were. The wrong... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no, you're right. Yeah, Jerry turns up and um, Tom tells him that they're using the wetsuit to fix the shoes and that it, he sort of like hints that it was his idea and not Barbara's and sort of takes the idea away from Barbara, the fact that she's sort of come up with this plan. Um, and I thought that, that was a lot. bit... That was a bit snidey. Um, yeah, he does come... the prick. He does, he does. Um, yeah, so, hmm, Tom. Um, but Jerry invites them round for dinner, um, says that Sir Andy from the, from the company has invited them round for, for dinner, but at Jerry and Margot's house. Quite odd. Mm. Um, but yeah. Tom and Barbara say they can't go round because they can't reciprocate. They can't invite everyone back because of their new sort of lifestyle and um, they'll have to just say no. Yeah, and I thought, um, that's. I know it was Barbara who said we're not in a position to reciprocate, but I like to mm. imagine that that came, came from Barbara because Tom wouldn't have the self-awareness. No. Barbara's got the self-awareness and the pride and decency to say it's not right for us to be bludgeon and leeching. Yes. And so she says no, but Jerry's quite pitiful in his pleading, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Tom says, I don't know why he's trying to invite me around because I was just Mr. Erm of the fourth floor the whole time that I worked there. Um, mm. And Barbara says that he's got a bit of a colossal nerve to, to ask them round after after Tom's left the company. But there is a, there's, there's an ulterior motive hanging in the air um, that Jerry's obviously aware of, that Sir wants to wants to ask Tom about some freelance work um, that he wants to offer to Tom to do. Um, which Barbara straight away is is it's not something that she's happy with. She wants to continue with this lifestyle of self sufficiency, um, and and sees the taking on of any official work would be going against their their choices. Yeah, I think in, that's setting out her stall, and it's a little bit mm. of exposition as to like she's firmly in that camp. So that we know for later, really, isn't it? Um, mm. What gets me in this scene, though, is just how sort of pathetic Jerry is in wanting to, in allowing Sir to dictate his own dinner guests. Yeah. I mean, Margot probably doesn't care because she likes to lord it, but um, clearly he's quite happy just to suck up. And I think, well, basically he even says, doesn't he? Um, well, no, you must come because otherwise he might find out I'm fiddling the expenses. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a, it's it's quite an, an, an odd situation for him to be in um sort of begging neighbors to come round for dinner um so what do you reckon he's fiddling the expenses for though gin yeah that's exactly where my mind went he's probably there's like three crates of gordons that he's put on the company card yeah and sir's just too busy playing golf to notice um did you notice that um that Richard Briers, in an unscripted moment, at least in my mind, decides to nick another fag off Paul Eddington in the kitchen. No, I didn't. Oh, maybe this is a theme, isn't it? He's just he takes stealing. it out of his hands. He's smoking it. Does it? The poor bugger's smoking it. And, and Tom's like, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll come to dinner. And then Briers is like, give us a drag of that, you fucker. Oh, I think we need to keep a count on how many of these happened because that's two now. Yeah, he's bumming cigs. Right, right. Well, um, we'll, we'll keep a count. Of um, okay. how many times that happens from now. That's two so far. <laughs> um, so the next scene, we see Sir holding court, um, telling the Ledbetter's front room um, how his son broke his leg while skiing. Um, 
and then with some real casual xenophobia throws in the fact that it was a German's <laughs> fault for moving the markers. Um, All the time swilling his brandy round in his glass. Y- yeah, and it's, I find so a really odd, odd character, especially. Sort of, we've said about this episode looking at the husband and wife combos in both houses, and Sir and Felicity that combo. They're like chalk and cheese because she's so lovely and ends up singing along um, with Tom and having a great. And she's time. dead interested, isn't she? In in she their life, she loves the fact that their lifestyle is is something that that she can sort of find out more about and ask about, and and she's really interested. But Sir is is such a fuddy duddy. He's a real sort of stick in the mud, isn't he? Yeah. I think she's great, Felicity. I was glad to see her I back do. because she's just a game old bird. Loads of fun. She is. She is. She's supportive and interested um, and just seems like a real... She makes it into a bit of an odd couple because Sir is, is, is drastically different to, to how sort of she she appears. Hmm. Um, so the couples start chatting about the evening and Barbara says that she thinks that the evening's a bit of a setup. Um, and Sir tries to explain it away as being a chance to chew the cud and have a chat. But then Felicity drops him in it by saying, well, I thought you'd ask Tom here to ask him about the freelance work. So straight away, um, it's 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 she's there to, sh- to show up a husband, which she seems to do a lot, which I quite like, because it really mm. does show him up for being such a, a, a snidey, scheming character, I think. Yeah, and Jerry's kowtowing to him again, isn't he? And taking, you know, I think I think Tom says, well, that isn't what you said when I quit. And they said, no, no it was Jerry who, who said such and such a thing. And oh. Jerry's like, oh, yes, yes, it was me, sir. I don't like Jerry oh. when he's around, sir, at all. No, no, he's a really snivelling little rat. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's not pleasant to watch. Um, no. But they ask Barbara what she thinks about all this. And Barbara says, well, if you'd have taken it, I'll, I'd have punched him in the nose. Um yeah, she's definitely on the side of we don't we don't need to be doing this. We've we've chosen this life. I'm on board. Let's just get on with it. Um, yeah. So despite that, Margot decides to shame her about her finances right in front of company again, which I thought was a bit a bit mean. Yeah, a bit necessary, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's that sort of Margot's default attitude, isn't it? It's always down to the money that they don't have anymore. And are you mm. not ashamed of it? Do you not feel bad about it? Um, yeah. Did you notice um, Felicity's pronunciation of the word freelance? No, but do an impression for me. Well, it, well, <laughs> she just says it like two words. In my mind, in my memory, it's like Paddy McGuinness going free Lance, Lance, <laughs> Lance that is free. It's um, she says something like Sir. She says Andrew, I thought you wanted to give him work free Lance. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that's not how you say freelance. freelance. Well, I suppose it's the 70s. Maybe it was a new Free. concept. Maybe. Maybe it was. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So next, the next um, scene, we see um, Barbara and Tom back in their kitchen, all cosy in front of the um, the Arga. Um, and we find out that their sort of standard week is around like an 84-hour week, which really did like shock yeah. me and made me feel really inadequate that an 84-hour week is, that's sort of, that's what you get from stepping off the the treadmill of, of, of life um, to do your own thing. Mm. And you've still, you've got to put in an 84-hour week just to just it's to crazy. Live. It's not it sustainable, is. no pun intended, is it? To, no, I don't think so. That. 
No, you just have going. a. You'd just be ill, I think, wouldn't you? But um, the cat's back. The cat's back in the scene. With the cat, I thought never showed its face again. So I'm glad to yes, see it's it alive. Was. Although they did threaten to put it on the fire, so who knows yeah, if it'll weird. be around from now on? Yeah. Um, did you notice as well that um, when it cut to this scene, Tom said, "I was totally bald when I was born." I was totally bald when I was born. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really random. Wh- That's just that an co- aspect of Tom's personality, which is actually quite likable because yeah. he's got this meandering mind that just like the other example is earlier on in the episode. He says something about the pointed head of a of a serenium toad or something. <laughs> yes, and he, he just does. comes out with this just crazy shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. So in this scene, they're they're chatting um, about what they miss from their previous life. Is there anything that you that you that you miss having because we've chosen to live in this way? And one of the things that Barbara says, she, first of all, she says that she doesn't miss anything, and then she says that she does have one fantasy. And Tom's eyes light up like Blackpool illuminations, um, and she just says a bit of luxury, being waited on, staying in a hotel. Um, she misses that aspect of their old life, which is understandable mm. because there's that's that's just gone out the window. Especially probably because she sees Margot still enjoying it and is regaled mm. with tales of their frivolous, frivolous lifestyle when they're allowed Absolutely. to go and do things like that. That scene ends, doesn't it, with um, Barbara doing one of her sort of come to bed eyes, cow eyes. The cow eyes. eyes. The cow eyes Bed's were back. free, Tom. Bed's oh, free, Tom. This, this, there's quite a lot of that in this episode, isn't there? It's um, yeah. yeah, it seems to be a theme. Mm. Yep. So, so we're, we're now are we, we're in Jerry and Margot's front room now, um, and Margot is is looking round for her for her music for her choir. She's due to to take part in a choir where they sing Handel's Messiah, and she's looking. Um, I think it's in it's in like a one of them lift up poof things, isn't it? That you that mm. you had in the seventies that was like part of furniture but part storage, quite handy. Next to, um, and she finds it next to Playmate of the Month, <laughs> Jerry's Playboy magazine. Dirty old bastard. Hiding it along <laughs> with with Margot's music, um, so and Margot's really sort of put out because that's where Handel's Messiah should not be next to the Playmate of the Month. Um, Certainly not. No, so she's Jerry. heading out to to do the to do the choir. Um, Jerry's got himself an Indian takeaway. A takeaway, pronounced not takeaway like we would say, but like Paddy McGuinness would say. A take, take away, away. <laughs> an away <laughs> that you take. So, so she's so he's got himself um, an, an Indian takeaway and hashtag different times. Um, Margot's got a lot of sort of rules put in place for when Jerry has an Indian takeaway. He's got to eat it in the kitchen. He's got to eat it with the the extractor fan on because the last time that he had one, he apparently ruined the the ambiance of the front room because she could smell it on the curtains and on the settee. Um, So off she goes. Um, Jerry's busy sorting out his tea on a tray. Um, And then Tom comes into the house um, and he's, Hiding behind the settee, I think, is like a setup to to scare Jerry. But he never knocks, does he? Just wanders in, and he's and he's hid behind the couch. I found it it was a bit weird. But Jerry's busy fanning the smell of his Indian around the front room, um, just to piss Margot off when she gets back. Um, and then Tom jumps out and surprises Jerry that he's that he's like just suddenly turned up in his front room. 
And yeah, then, and he's um, lucky, really, isn't he? Because Jerry is eating and wafting the smell around, but he could yes. easily have had his Playboy out and be having a good old Thomas Tank. He could. That was only seconds before. So, yeah, it would have been upsetting <laughs> to see that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Again, that's good life after dark. <laughs> um, so then Tom proceeds to to help Tom, help Jerry, sorry, um, put his tea out on the tray and, and eat it along with him. Um, he's pretty much like digging in his poppadoms and all sorts. Uh, it looks rough fingers. though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1970s curry does not look appealing. I only, When I think of 1970s curry, I just think of those Vesta meals that they weren't even refrigerate, refrigerated. They were like on a shelf in the supermarket and it was like a reconstituted, dehydrated mm. number of, of God curry. God knows what meat is in this fucking curry that Jerry's eating. So Jerry and Tom meat. is eating. It's meat, I think, in inverted commas, because it could be any mm. combination of, of animal. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, Jerry's happy to, to, to sit and eat that. Um, Tom has arrived round at their house to take up the freelance work that's been offered by Sir, um, but wants mm. to keep it from Barbara. Um, but Jerry says, "Well, if you do take it up, I can I can hide all the drawings um, in our desk, and it can be locked up, and it can be our secret. You can just get on with it and, and get the money for it, um, which I'm sure will be handy, um, and, and I'll ensure that Barbara doesn't find out." Which is good of him again, isn't it? It is. I don't know though. I think a bit, a bit, a bit sneaky. Well, yeah, but he's doing it. They're both doing it for the right reasons. It's not as if they are. they're doing it to, to to pay for a week in Amsterdam where they go sleeping with hookers and snorting cocaine, is it? Although I'm sure <laughs> that Jerry probably does that in his spare time in his Burberry case. I bet he does. Um, so next we see we see Margot going round to Barbara's house um, to have her quiet outfit. The How does she describe it? She describes it as an oratorio tent because it is this big sort of moo-moo-shaped um number she's having it taken in by barbara um but not too tight because it still needs to look virginal apparently yeah <laughs> um so she compliments she, she, her boobs doesn't she she does she says she's got a nice bust and margot loves that because she's got a, a lovely smile on her face so she's 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 she likes she, she she comes across as a bit of a prude but i think she quite likes the compliments and i think she's quite sexual is Margot. But she's she's, she's quite funny though because she's going, Barbara, yeah. really? But she's got a massive grin she on her face. She loves it. Yeah, she And it's nice it. it's nice as well to see um Barbara doing something for Margot because the goods Ledbetter's relationship is more take um from the goods because yes. of Tom. But we see Mar- mm. uh, we see um Barbara being lovely and doing something for a friend, which I thought was quite yeah. nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she's she's busy pinning away but then Margot lets slip the secret of the drawing plans in the desk at their house, which she's found out by dusting. She dusted the lock vigorously um, until it fell open and the plans were revealed in the desk. So she's gone over to um, to tell Barbara about this and say, yay, it's great because it means that Tom's obviously come to his senses and has gone back to work. Yeah, and I think she's not doing it from a malicious point of view well, she's conning herself, really, isn't she? She's she's basically telling herself that it's okay to tell Barbara to put Barbara's mind at ease, but really mm. she's doing it to feel important, you know, to, to 
have a secret that she can tell her. But yeah, she's she's kind of like framed it. The narrative she's created for herself is that she's doing something nice. Yeah, and it backfires. It does backfire a little bit. Yeah, because Barbara then um, goes up like a chippy. Um, and she waits for, for Tom to come home and he's he's sort of set up this pretense that he's going round to the Leadbetters to put up some shelves. And so Barbara asks him, she challenges him on, how's the, how's the shelves? How are they doing? Um, and he sort of like comes up with a quick lie, but then she reveals that she knows all about the fact that he's been doing this work behind, behind her back. Um, and she says, what's the point of trying to do it all on our own when you're going to take work like this? This isn't, this isn't the self-sufficiency life that we talked about. Which is quite a quite a poignant moment. Well, yes, it is. Well, I don't know if it's poignant for me. I, I sort of had a different take on it because okay. her commitment to her commitment to the lifestyle is is admirable, but she overreacts to such an extreme in in such an extreme way without having the full information. As we you mm. know we as a viewer we know why Tom's doing it. Yeah. she overreacts to such an extent. I mean, she even kicks the poor fucker in the shin. <laughs> I mean, I don't like Tom, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, you don't want to kick gonna him. Put up with domestic violence. You know, she's yeah. fearsome. She goes off like a bottle of pop. But then she she is without the knowledge that we've got as the viewer. Um, she's been lied to, and she's put everything. She's put all the eggs in one basket. Pardon the pun, and is living this self-sufficiency life, having given everything up. But she doesn't realise what's going to be happening. She doesn't realise what's coming, the yeah, nice treat that's coming. So she just yeah. sees it as he's fallen at the first hurdle and she's sort of committed to this life now that's just bullshit. I can understand her being furious, I guess, in those yeah. circumstances. Kicking, in fact, yeah. when mm. when Tom enters whistling and going, hello, 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 I actually feared for him at that point. I thought, <laughs> Did you, oh, you no. want to tone it down, son? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he tells he tells Barbara that this is the first and last time I'm going to do this. It's one job, and the only reason is you, um, and that she's going to spoil him. That, that he's going to spoil her. Sorry, he's going to he's going to do something lovely for her, and then she gets a bit weepy, um, and then she hits him again, and he says, "What's that for?" And she says, "That's just for being bloody perfect." And I thought that was quite oh. cute. So it was worth yeah, the reveal. Far, it was worth the. It was. He's far from perfect, but that was a lovely moment. And yes. I actually, I don't mind admitting, Al, that I welled up a bit. Did you? Oh, bless yeah. you. I bless know, you. It is a, it's a lovely moment. It is a lovely it moment. It is. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. The next scene, we see Margot on the phone to Miss Mountshaft. Um, hey, Miss Mountshaft! Who, who she's blackmailing into letting her stand in the front row when the when they're in the choir, when, when they're singing the Messiah. Um, she's got a load of tricks up her sleeve as to why she should be front centre of the choir. Um, the fact that she is the only one that's done something decent with the with the choir costume and that she brings the gingerbreads <laughs> to well, the rehearsals. Yeah. So she should, so surely she should be front and centre. She's a manipulative shrew, all right, but yeah. it's definitely a, a sort of recurring leitmotif for her to be blackmailing Miss Mountshaft on the phone whilst smoking a cigarette elegantly, isn't it? You know, I love that's it. something you I see a it. lot yeah. of. Yeah. It's very Margot. It's very Margot. Mm. Um, and then Jerry comes in with, with gloves on. Um, he's been round to sort Tom and Barbara's animals out um, while they're, they've gone out. They've gone out to spend what a hero. the money. Um, so he's, he's been there sorting out the animals um, while Tom and Barbara are staying overnight at a hotel. 
Um, and I, th- I think I get I get the gist that this is is this where they went on their honeymoon? Is that where they've sort of revisited? They've gone back to the honeymoon hotel because the, the the honeymoon well, starts getting talked about. Yeah, I didn't quite follow, but you might be right. Maybe I just missed mm. it. I know that they they very reminiscent about their own. You know, yeah. we get some backstory to their own marriage while they're talking about their own honeymoon, and it's lovely. It is. Although I did laugh at the fact that when Jerry mentions the first thing that comes to mind that's most memorable about their honeymoon, it's the game room yeah. with the broken ping pong balls. I think that's brilliant. Um, and then they're they're chatting about how they should spend their evening, and um, Jerry automatically goes to his little black book and starts to pull out names of, of people they could spend the evening with. Um, and Margot's got that little glint in her eye. She doesn't want to be in any restaurant with any friends. She just wants a quiet night in with Jerry. Yeah, and he's totally oblivious, isn't he? Because Absolutely. she's given him she's given him all her best moves, which maybe are not as coquettish as Barbara's, but they're still... Quite overt, she's still, they? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's being desperately flirtatious. She doesn't want to go to dinner with any socialists or a couple called Mark and Babette. The fuck sort exactly. of name is that? I've never yeah. even heard of Babette. She wants a she wants a night in. Yeah, and presumably Jerry's oblivious because it doesn't happen that often. I don't know. You think she's quite sexual, don't you? So maybe maybe uh, he's just a dope. Maybe he doesn't seem to pick up on the, the cow eyes as as quickly as Tom does with Barbara. And he didn't in the last episode when um, just before he went down to the cellar, she was um, keen for a bit of nookie, wasn't she? Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe. So what? Yeah, so the the playboy of the month. Thing. Um, he might just um, be empty, literally and figuratively. Yeah, absolutely, I was just thinking that maybe, maybe he's 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 sorted. He's sorted for the evening, perhaps. Yeah, he's he's already been on a date with Mother Palm and her five lovely daughters. So Margot's got <laughs> nothing Margo. for him. No, no, she'll have to just bide her time. Um, so Tom and Barbara are at the hotel having dinner. They're, they're very poshed up as well. Um, Tom's got his tuxedo on. Um, Barbara looks lovely in... I can imagine Barbara's sort of dress before all this. Um, her choices were very sort of like Laura Ashley, um, floral floaty numbers. I can imagine sort of Barbara's choice of, of, of outfits. But they both look so beautiful and lovely and it's really nice to sort of see them in that in that light. I know we don't see it very often and... Um, we're not supposed to do, but it was quite nice on this occasion to see them out and about mm. like that. And of course, they're, um, they're playing up to their very silly nature, aren't they? They start yeah. doing role play, pretending to be another couple, and um, uh, yeah, was, that he's it, like that's a, what he's they like love the master doing. Of the house. Yeah, yeah, and it's so, it, it comes to them so quickly. They're so quick, and I, I quite like it. Barbara talks about the fact that Tom spent fifty pounds on her as well. Um, yeah, and that's including the hotel and the meal. And just the, the, the sort of night away in general. So I looked up the equivalent of what fifty pounds would be today. Um, oh yeah, and it's around it's around four hundred and twenty pounds um, with inflation. So that's oh, quite hell. a chunk if you if you if you live in a self sufficiency lifestyle where you've not got an income sort of coming in all the time. So that's quite a big wedge, isn't it, to sort of throw away on a night out. Think about it in the context of what we learn next, though, about there was actually more money. So it's it's four times that. Yes, so yes. That means he, he spent the equivalent in today's money of over one and a half grand. Yeah. Pound sterling. On, on, a, on a night away, a meal and a gift. Um, but Barbara is, she's, she's really touched by this. Um, the whole sort of evening and the gift is 
for her. And I think she does see it as it's a nice treat and I know it's not going to, this is not going to continue and it's nice to have it now. And it's 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 almost like, it's quite sad, I suppose, really, because it's like bookending their last, the, the life, isn't it? The, the, the life that they've had so well, far. It's like a, it she's not a new sad, start though, is completely. She? She's not no. sad. She's. I think. I think the way to frame it is that they're saying goodbye to it and having one last hurrah. But she's yeah. so much more looking forward to the the, the new adventure that they've started yeah. on already. You know. But then, of course, she goes up like a pop, like a bottle of pop again, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> because she um, erroneously, as we as the viewer know, um, thinks that he's actually earned. I think. Well, Tom actually says I earned two hundred pounds, and she thinks he's used that extra £150 to pay off the bills and she she goes mental at him and to be honest that would be quite a noble thing to do it's not like he's yeah. again he's not like he spelt, spent it on hookers and cocaine either is it but no, she goes no. mad and pours um pours a pudding on him and just she's she's proper scary when she loses it yeah it's so it's so against her normal character isn't it she's such a, a lovely uh, yeah. sweet person who does go up very quickly um sometimes when she's not got all the facts um she just reacts rather than sort of thinks about what it is that's actually happening i think it's probably just um not lazy writing but clumsy writing because yeah. it's to it's to give it more of a emotional edge to the scene to have her overreact like that but it's not really necessary um, no. So I don't really think it reflects that badly on Barbara as a character so much as a little bit clumsy to have her do yeah. that because I think she's a rational person. She would have actually said, mm. well, where's the rest of the money rather than yeah. rather than exploded at him. But there you go. Um, we and, can, we can, say, we can the- say that because they're both dead, so they're not going to, the writers, they're not going to yeah. come and haunt us, are they? Well, actually, they're dead. No, they're, they're not. Haunt us. I hope not. <laughs> God. <laughs> they're both brown bread and we hope that they don't haunt us and no <laughs> if they do we're sorry yeah sorry bob sorry what's the other guy rob bob larby and john esmond that's it sorry yeah. bob and john sorry <laughs> uh, so what's he actually done with the money the, ex- the extra money that he'd made he just spent it on paying the bi- uh, no he didn't <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're rewriting it now <laughs> He bought he bought Barbara a, a posh frock. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> yes, he no, did. No, it's, it's the it's the it's the jewelry, isn't it? The jewelry. It's the jewelry. I'm I'm getting mixed <laughs> up between episodes now. There's an episode later called Posh Frock, isn't there? Fucking hell, we've really done our homework on this one, haven't we? <laughs> Tom has bought her some jewelry, so he spent the best part of a thousand pound in today's money on some jewelry for Barbara, and she's um. She's she's amazed by this, and she thinks mm. that she's got the the best husband in the world. And yeah. Tom's silliness comes out, and he forces her hands into the mashed potato in front of her, <laughs> which is re- again really nice. <laughs> it is. It's it's it's. A, I think it's a lovely episode. It's a it's quite a poignant one, and um, I think it sets up the rest of the the sort of story from from now on. You, you, we've seen that life ended. The, the 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 frivolity and enjoying the the, the money that that going out to work brings um and we see now the start I think we see now the start of their new lifestyle properly. I think you're right, yeah. And um, the last two episodes have been great. Se- series two is the best series of the Good Life, but these two are yeah. really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I really liked about this episode was that we had the introduction to the invisible character of Miss Mountshaft. Yes. Um, 
later on we also get Miss, Mrs. Dooms Patterson, of course. But um, I guess there's not. It's it's something you see in some sitcoms, like Captain Mannerin's wife. You never saw. Yes. And um, Arthur Daly's was always referring to her indoors, wasn't he? You know, her indoors. Yeah. It's usually a wife. Basically, it's it, it mm. tends to be a wife. Um, yeah. But in this case, it's. They're basically the people who impact on one of the lead characters' existence and lives uh, quite meaningfully, but we never mm. actually see the character on screen or even hear them. But we learn little bits about them over time, like basically Miss yeah. Mountshaft is a whale, isn't she? <laughs> that's why that dress yeah. is so big. And that dress is so big. And that's why, uh, that's just something I really liked about The Good Life. Um, the fact that Margot had this life that we learn about, but it's never explicitly shown on screen. Hmm. And I thought that was cool to see to see at least one of those um, invisible characters come in. Yeah. So um, I think it's about time we had a little trip over to Al's Fashion Corner, don't you? Yes. Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner, Fashion Corner. And in Fashion Corner this week, um, I've, seen, I've noticed there's lots of um, reusing of costumes um, as the series has gone on. So we've seen a lot of the um, Jerry jacket, which makes a, a re-emergence in, in most episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Margot's stunning blue, pink and green and white dress, um, which is another one of my favourites. Um, but n- new costume in this episode was Margot's it's like a mint and white nylon dress with a waterfall collar and it, it is beautiful and she she just seems to suit Penelope Keith just just suits anything that you put on her um, mm. but this dress in particular was was stunning um, not one to sit near a gas fire in I don't think because it would just go up um, but it's um, a really sort of stunning um, fitted nylon number um, so I thought it was worth a mention um, beyond that everybody seems to be just recycling old costumes um, as it as it goes along which is um, I don't know it fits with the um, with, with the story of self-sufficiency if, we, if we're reusing stuff as we go along well I think it's probably more likely that Penelope Keith spent all the money at Harrods that earlier that yes. week and there was nothing left in the pot <laughs> <laughs> Tom's tie when he came when Tom and Barbara came over for dinner Tom had a tie on that was too long. It was like down below his crotch, yes. like one of Donald yeah. Trump's ties. <laughs> Donald Trump ties. <laughs> we have the best lifestyle, believe me. People are saying it's tremendous. I've done more for sustainable living probably than any other person in history. We have the best goats. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he needs to learn how to... How to you would think with his corporate background he would know how to tie a tie but maybe how to not. tie a tie yeah yeah and the other thing I noticed fashion wise was mm. Barbara's pokey nips oh I didn't notice those which, which uh, scene are we in early on Felicity Kendall a lot of the time has pokey nips she's like the, it's just no bra no bra on probably or just a thin bra I mean she was like the it was something that I think in other things she was like the Jennifer Aniston of the 1970s. Her nips yes. were always on display. Always out. Yeah. But other than that, um, yeah. So who? who that's so ends Fashion Corner talking about nipples of of a, nipples. Of a 70 year old woman. Um, 
who is your uh, most valuable player this week? Um, I think my most valuable player this week was Tom. I don't yeah, think I've I'm picked go Tom with yet. That. Yeah, uh, no, I think you have. Yeah, Tom is actually in the lead. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Um, Tom, Tom, for all the right reasons of of doing a nice thing, um, being caring enough about his wife to do something lovely for her, knowing that she's taken on this lifestyle with him. Totally agree. And he's dragging her along. Even though she she wants to be there, he's dragging her along though to, to sort of be part of it. But the the nice gesture just yeah, just puts a nice shine on Tom. Yeah, he was doing he was very selfless. Um I said last week that he may well redeem himself, but it was unlikely mm. and yet I was proved completely wrong because oh. he did exactly that, didn't he? He was a week he was later, yeah. Um mm. Despite bludgeoning a fag off Jerry and um, eating half of his curry, <laughs> he, yeah. he is also my MVP just for being a good yeah. husband this week. Yep. Excellent. I think we need to we need to keep uh, um, tabs tabs <laughs> tab tab watch. We need to have tab watch in future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll we'll keep it going. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So next week's episode, Ben. What what are we on next week? Uh, next week's episode is the final episode of the first series. I nearly said season, like an American then. Season? If you uh-huh. are an American listening to this podcast because you loved Good Neighbours in the 70s, um, this is the the season ending episode, episode seven. Finale. This ba- is season finale. Yeah, this is the finale. What do they say? Um, what do they say when they get to 100 episodes in America? Yay! Syndicated or something. Cindy, all yeah. right, okay. This is oh fucking hell! Just stay on track. Stay on track, Ben. Episode seven: Backs to the wall. Tom and Barbara Ooh. receive help from an unexpected quarter when harvest time comes, and Tom knackers oh. his back. Oh, exciting! I think, I think this is the one where Margot um, puts on all her gardening gear and is useless in the garden. So that'll be fun to see. Oh, brilliant! Is it just a series of gloves and a watering can? Yeah, yeah. She's rubbing the genie, hoping the genie comes out and. Does all the work for her. <laughs> Does the work for her. So if you're enjoying our deep dive of The Good Life, you can um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sado Podcast. On Facebook, you can find us by searching for Sado Podcast. Uh, we have a website, www.sado.club, where you can get more information or listen to episodes. Get in touch, email us, tell us what you think at sadopodcast at gmail.com. Um, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, and um, our usual thanks to Anya and to Beat Raid for our theme tune. Um, thanks for joining us, and we'll we'll see you again next week for episode seven. Yay! Bye! Ta-ra! <laughs>